Hi, this is David A.R. White. Let's congratulate Joe on his 100th episode. God bless you, Joe. Hey, Joe. This is Andy Irwin, filmmaker from the Irwin Brothers and the movie I Can Only Imagine. Man, I just wanted to congratulate you on the achievement of your, your 100th episode, man. I look forward to hundreds and hundreds more. Keep at it. Keep telling good stories. And so I've learned that either way, storms are going to come, but God is good. And even when we question who he is, he is still who he is because he's not who I say he is. He is who he says that he is. Well, hello. Thank you, David A.R. White and Andy Irwin for your kind words. Both God's Not Dead, A Light in Darkness, and I Can Only Imagine are great, great movies. Welcome to the 102nd episode of On Faith's Edge. My name is Joe Taylor, recovering atheist and your servant in Jesus Christ. This is your place to hear conversations about God and living a life of faith in Jesus Christ. My special guest today is the vibrant and joyful singer-songwriter Nicole C. Mullen. Nicole is a two-time Grammy-nominated and seven-time Dove Award-winning singer-songwriter. Her hits Redeemer, On My Knees, Everyday People, Call on Jesus, and Talk About It are perennial favorites and big, big hits in the Taylor household. And I am really excited for her new album, Like Never Before. Nicole is a gifted artist who often infuses scripture into the song she writes as a vehicle to encourage, inspire, and teach. Her new album weaves together a story of love, loss, and redemption relating to her personal journey of finding hope and victory in a night season of her life. Nicole and I talk about her new project like never before, what it really means to cross over, her night season and surviving abusive and unfaithful marriages, the wonderful relationship she had with her father and along with her daughter, their heartfelt, unforgettable tribute to him on like never before, and how Jesus saved her from a whooping and then saved her. I am absolutely certain you'll be inspired by Nicole's story of survival, grace, and forgiveness. Bet you never heard this before, Nicole. You're looking at a man that lost 30 pounds listening to talk about it. Wow. No kidding. No kidding. We were doing a a program. uh, My wife and I, Karen, were doing a program uh, several years back. Now I've lost 30 pounds 30 times, so grant me some Uh, grace. Who's counting? Uh, (laughs) But that song, no kidding, kept us going through this, this, man. So very It's time to do a remix on it. I've let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Talk about it, say so. Talk, talk about it. There we go. Ah. That's 10 pounds right there. See, another 10. I need to buy a new belt just for that. (laughs) You know, talk about it's a funny song. Yeah. Not humorous, but it may have been the only Christian song ever played at secular clubs. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I remember hearing it back, back wow. in the day. What a fantastic, fantastic wow. song. Is crossover important to you, Nicole? Um, to take the crossover? Yeah. Yes. Very good. To take the crossover. Hey, you see what you did is, there? Yes, yes. That is important to me. Very nice. Um, yes. I've prayed for the longest that God would allow me to have my feet planted firmly in the church so that I could reach over into the world and pull people out without me falling in has been my prayer. So, yes, I believe in taking the crossover. Your, your work with single moms is very important to you. Your speaking role, and uh, you've also got a couple other projects going on for single moms specifically. Yes. Um, you know, for years I've worked with young kids, and we have Baby Girls Club, and I thought, you know what, it is time to do something for the moms as well. 
And so the Lord really put a burden on my heart to work on a biblically-based discipleship curriculum for single mothers. Um, I found that less than 1% of churches have ministries to single moms, and uh, about 67% of single moms don't go to church. And so I thought, what better way for us to invite or to invest in not just um, kids but families than to reach that mother? Because if we get the mom... We get the children. We get the household. And so um, the Lord really put it on my heart, so we're working on that. We're working on women's conferences um, here in the States as well and praying that the Lord would um, just do great things in that, and that should be in the fall of this year, Lord willing. So keep your ears and your eyes open. And if you feel the burden to pray for us, please keep us lifted up, that the Lord would anoint and appoint and direct and protect and provide so that his people that um, are out there and that feel like they're not his people yet will come to know him and be a part of the body of Christ. Well, this is important work, Nicole. I'm certain that me, my family, and our listeners will pray for you. Please do. Thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Thank you. That brings us to Like Never Before. This is your first original album in seven years. Why yeah. the gap? Well, I was living life. I was on the road, honestly. I'm still singing, speaking, um, really um, listening for downloads of songs in the middle of my night season. And so this new album is about, you know, love. It's about loss. It's about redemption. It's about life and how Christ steps in as the champion and saves the day. And it's probably, I mean, not only is it like my, Lord willing, my last chapter from my night season, but it is also the new chapter of the new book of my morning. And so it's the celebration of a new day and what Christ has done and what he is doing. You called this album, hopefully, your last chapter in your mm. night season. Yeah. Can we talk about your night season? Absolutely. Absolutely. What do you mean by night season? Let's talk about your life over the well, past Well, okay, let's talk about it. Um, well, those who have followed me, um, or may not have, um, back in the past, I'd gone through um, an abusive marriage where I was physically beaten. And then, and that was when I was... 20 to 23 and then I came out of it and I forgave but I still had a chip on my shoulder honestly thinking okay God I gave you my life at 8 you know you told me at the age of 12 I would sing and travel the world I went to Bible school I was a good kid and still I was here suffering you know and so I kind of I loved Christ still but like I said I had a chip and before I knew it I was in another relationship and this relationship was it, it had some beauty that came out of it but it was a night season for me it was a 21 year period where I was in another marriage and it was wroth with unfaithfulness um, and my heart was broken and I remember just crying out to the Lord saying God you know what do I do with this and in the middle of that night season is where he gave me songs in the night Redeemer was born out of that call on Jesus talk about it one touch. You know, I have three beautiful children. He allowed me to start a ministry for young people called Baby Girls Club in the middle of that night season. And it was hard, but it was beautiful and hard at the same time. And so now I've written an album at the end of that season, and it's called Like Never Before. And so it's time to sing and dance like never before because I've mourned like never before, you know. And, um, and it's also an invitation to be real with Christ when it comes to our pain and our heartache and our 
our brokenness and to give it to him because only he can take it and make something out of it. He, only he can take the ashes and make a masterpiece. And so um, I'm here today celebrating not just Nicole Simone, but celebrating what Christ has done and what he can do in the lives of others. Christ has done a work with Nicole C. Mullen, that's for sure. What can Nicole C. Mullen fans expect from like never before? They can expect music that they can dance to and lose 30 pounds to, of course. (laughs) More of that. They can also expect songs that make them worship, you know, or cause them or invite them to worship. I'll say that. They can expect songs about love, about relationships, about hoping again. They can expect songs that call them back to life. There's a song on there called Arise. And it's it's based off of the story of Jesus going to the 12-year-old girl who was dead. And he took her by the hand and he said, Talit the kum, arise, which is in Aramaic, I say to you, little girl, arise. And I believe he still says that to us in those broken places, in those dead places where our dreams and our hopes have been crushed and shattered. He wants to breathe new life on us. And so the album, it has that as a celebration as well. And um, so, again, it's about love. It's about loss. But more than that, it's about redemption and how Christ comes and he saves the day. Let's talk about Unforgettable. Okay. This is an important song for you, Nicole, in a couple different ways. Yeah. It's a tribute to your late father. Yeah. Well, my dad was the first singer-songwriter I ever met. He sang like Nat King Cole. He and I used to sing um, chestnuts roasting on an open fire together. Um, My favorite single Christmas song ever. Oh. Chestnuts roasting on by Wow. My dad sang just like him. That's it, man. Love the Lord. Love my mom for 54 years. He worked the same job for 38 years. He got me and my sisters up and my mom every morning at 5 a.m. and we would pray as a family. He covered us, was always my number one cheerleader, number one fan, a man of God. And so I... Um, it's, it's been a great loss for us, but I remembered standing by his bedside and he had been healthy all of his life, not on one single prescription drug. He only was sick the week before he passed away. And I remember standing by his bedside in the hospital and they had the ventilator on him and I, uh, his eyes were closed, and I said, Dad, we, I still need you. And I started singing, you know, when I call on Jesus, all things are possible. And my dad never missed a chance to worship, so I was like, come on, Dad, worship with me. And um, then I started singing, I know I redeem my lives. Like, come on, Dad, sing with me. And, and Dad didn't utter a word, but there was another male voice that began to sing with me. And I turned and I saw that it was the, the voice of the cardiologist, the doctor that was performing, that was helping my dad. And he began to sing every word, every note. And I was surprised that he knew it. And before I knew it, they lost my dad and they were able to resuscitate him. And, and I kept on singing and we lost him again. And, you know, I kept on singing and they were able to resuscitate him. And then I, on the fifth time, um, when he said goodbye, um, without saying a word, I still sang. And they gave me the honor of being able to, after they said he was gone, I kept singing the song until the song was over. And I knew that Dad had seen the face of Christ. And once he had seen the face of Christ, he wouldn't be returning. And so we said our um, bittersweet goodbye. And so on this album, I found a piece um, on my phone. I found um, a voicemail that he had left me for my birthday prior to. 
And he's saying, you know, Bubs, Bubbles is my nickname since I was two. And he's like, you know, Bubs, I love you. And God has great things for you. And you keep doing the work of the ministry. And I'm so proud of you. And he left this long message. So um, when I recorded the song, I didn't get a chance to record it with my dad. But I recorded it with my daughter, Jasmine, who's now 24 and the lead singer of a band called The New Respects. So she and I, as a tribute, we sang it to my dad. And I included the voicemail that he left for me on my birthday. And so um, if you hear it, you'll be able to hear my dad, who is one of my champions in the faith, who loved us well and modeled the love of the Father to me. What a beautiful story. Which leads us to the second reason this song is so special. You and your daughter. Yeah. Yeah, Jasmine. Yes, and and you know what? Is this your first collaboration with Jasmine? This is my first collaboration with. Well, I take it back. When she was little, she sang on my albums. I always had my kids on there somewhere. But this is the first since she has become a quote unquote quote singer. You know, and she did it willingly and together. Even at my dad's homegoing service, we sang it together as a tribute to him. They call him Daddy Gramps. I call him Dad, of course. And um, so it was really special. And, And it's still a song of three generations. You know, me, my dad, and my daughter. Um, and, and how the Lord has knitted our hearts together in love. And he has left us a legacy of faith. When He's unforgettable. Your, when did your dad pass? <laughs> he passed, um, je- no, sorry, December 14th, 2016. Your dad was with you mm-hmm. during yes. the night season. Oh, covered me the whole time. He, matter of fact, you know what? My dad and my mom live next door to me. Um, I live out on a farm on like 27 acres. My parents live on five acres directly next door to me. And I remember my dad was sitting in his chair. I made sure that I bought him nice cushy recliners because he loved them. And he was sitting in one next to the window where he could see my home. And after I had gone through a marital status change, me and my, me and my children, we moved to, to town. And so the house was left vacant. And Dad would watch the house. He would sit in his chair. And if anybody came up the driveway that we weren't aware of, Dad would call me, Bub, so on, so on, so If the light was left on, the lights are left on. He watched out over the house. And then we moved back to the farm before he passed, not knowing that he would pass. So we moved back maybe in October. And his birthday was in November, and we celebrated him. And he passed in that December. But even when we moved back, Dad always had his eyes on me. Even when I couldn't see him, he was watching. And he, you know, if I was out in the garden, he'd say, to my mom, Mary, she, she's out in the garden. You think we should go over there? Or, you know, he knew what was going on. You know, I, the light in your room was left on too long. Are you okay? Just always had his eyes on me. And it reminded me that even when I don't see God, even when I don't feel him, he is watching me. He has his eyes on me. And he wants a relationship with me. And so my father, again, he modeled that well as my next door neighbor, you know, and now he's on my property, you know. And so it it I, it has a special um it, it, it's its own legacy in itself, you know, and, and not just one of singing. And I thank God that my dad passed on that gift to me and to my daughter um, and to my children, but I'm um, in my siblings. But more than that, a legacy of faith in Jesus Christ. And um, that's the strongest one he could have ever given us. What a beautiful example yeah. of a father's love. Yeah. Both your father yeah. and your father. Yeah. Wow, Nicole. Yeah. And you know what? One other thing, Joe, is even throughout my rocky relationships, my dad stayed strong. He covered me in prayer. He loved on us well. He loved on me well. He spoke life into me. He was like, I got you. You know, he he looked out for us. You know, he was always the one, the first one to compliment us. Even if we looked a hot mess, dad was always, here's my beautiful girl. How you doing? Always had a word of encouragement, a smile on his face, and a corny joke to tell. Yeah. <laughs> 
You know, as, as fathers, I think we all can learn from that example, Nicole. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's more to be said about your father. Yeah. And his love for you. Yeah. And his love for his grandkids. Yeah. And his love for God. Absolutely. Somehow I think there's more to be said from you. Absolutely. About him. Let's talk about Jeremy Camp. Ah. <laughs> One. Yes. I don't think you can get two musical, <laughs> musically different genres than Jeremy Camp <laughs> and Nicole C. Mullen. <laughs> so tell us about this song, One. Well, the song called One, which is born out of that, the mantra of really, you know, we are called to love each other. And it says over in, in John, I think it's John 17, he was, Jesus was praying that we would be one as he and the Father are one. And the scripture says they'll know that we are one by the way we love. And Jeremy Camp and I, we go to the same church. We go to Grace Chapel in Libra's Fork with Pastor Steve Berger. And um, we are, even though we sing different music, we worship the same Savior, you know. And um, he and his, his wife, Addie, are great people. We love each other. And we were like, you know, what better way than to to say the same thing, you know, to unify the body. And then there are other friends of mine that I invited that people may or may not know, but they're wonderful, talented, you know, members of the body. And so they lent their, their skills and they sang on it with me. And we may all look different. We may not even see things eye to eye. And that's not always important when it comes to politics or cultural things. But if we stand underneath the banner of Jesus Christ, then we have his blood flowing through our veins. And that makes us family. And the world will know that we are one by the way we love. And so together we, we sang the song. This is a healing song, yeah. Nicole, mm. both spiritually mm. and culturally. Wow. Really, really well done. Thank you very much. We need it now more than ever, don't we? <laughs> we do. Do you mind if we take a, take a second and just listen to a small sample of Unforgettable? Let's go for it. Unforgettable That's what you are Unforgettable Though near or far Like a song of love That clings to you come to believe in Jesus Christ? Oh, when I was eight years old, um, you know, I say all the time, I am the daughter of, you know, deacons. My parents were deacons in the church. My grandparents on both sides of the family were Pentecostal pastors. I love to say I was in church like eight, nine, ten days a week, like all the time. But I knew even from an early age, especially at around the age of eight, that God didn't have any grandchildren. He only had sons and daughters. And so for two Friday nights in a row, the pastor would give the altar call. And he'd say, if you want to give your heart to Jesus, give him your life, then come up front to the church. And I felt my palms were really sweaty and my heart was beating really fast. And I knew God was talking to me, even as a child. But I said, you know what, God, I don't know if you know, but, you know, the age of accountability is not eight in our church. It's 12. So I thought I had four more years to sin and I wasn't ready to cash it in yet. But on that second Friday night, my dad, I wasn't, I wasn't yet. But on that second Friday night, my dad had promised me a whooping, which is different than a spanking. A spanking is calm, but a whooping had a song and a dance to it. Like, didn't I tell you not to? And I didn't want one. I deserved it, but I didn't want it. 
So I said, okay, God, if you know, I'll make a deal with you. If you get me out of this whipping tonight, um, then I'm going to give you my heart, you know. And uh, so that night, my dad had temporary amnesia, and uh, and he, 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 I'm sure I deserved it, but I didn't want it, and he forgot. But I had to remember that I had made a deal with God, and I love saying this: since God always keeps His promises, I knew I had to keep mine. And so that night, I bowed my knee in my bedroom without anybody being around. My sisters weren't there. There were no pastors, no parents, no choir. There was nobody but me and the God of the universe. And I was an eight-year-old child. And as a child, I asked him to forgive me of all my sins. Because even then, I knew I was born a sinner. It was like a disease that was in my bloodstream, and everything I touched was affected by it. I knew this. And the only way to eradicate this sin, disease, in my body, in my life, was for me to receive what Jesus Christ had done on the cross for me 2,000 years ago. As a child, I understood that. And so I asked him, I said, God, you know, I'm asking you in Jesus' name if you will forgive me of all my sins and if you will come into my life and if you would use me to do something good for you. Now, I didn't know what he was going to do, but I knew that he could do because I'd heard stories about the orphan girl named Esther he made into a queen, the smelly shepherd boy David he made into a king, the prostitute named Rahab that he cleaned up and put into the lineage of Jesus Christ. And I knew if he did those things then, he could still do those things now. And so that night, I made the great exchange. And the God of the universe forgave me of all my sins. And he began to use me, even from the age of a child. And we've been on a journey ever since. So many times, Nicole, we hear of early uh, young conversion Mm -hmm. stories that are... Because my friends were doing it, I was in a church, I was mm-hmm. in a group setting, mm-hmm. and my friends were all went forward. And I yeah. thought it'd be, I thought it'd be good to go yeah. forward, or my my parents pressured me into it. This at eight years yeah. old, yeah. this conversion story yeah. is true mm-hmm. and genuine yeah. and thoughtful yeah. and heartfelt. Yeah. And I find it interesting that this conversion story was based on a promise you made to God. Yes. Yes. And you know, the funny thing about it is that I thought that he was going to get the good end of the bargain. Like, I'm going to give you me. Like, no, hello. I got the bargain. He got my sin. I got his rightness. Like, you know, and so he was so kind, even in being God. That he didn't, you know, say, little girl, you, you got it backwards. He, he took me as I was. He took me because I had faith in him. And even though I thought, you know, here I'm going to give you my little life, it was probably kind of comical to him as far as like, she has no clue as to what I'm going to do with her. But he took me seriously because my heart was sincere. And he didn't mock me. He didn't shame me. He loved me. And even in the midst of me going through broken seasons, he has been faithful He has been true. He has been so kind to my heart. I can't live without him. I can't move without him. I can't love without him. Like he is life itself. I know people say, you know, if you if you have Jesus, then you must have a crutch. No, he is life support. He is more than air itself. I I couldn't minimize him to say he would be a crutch. He's way more than a crutch. I can walk without a crutch. I can't walk without him. So for me, he is everything and he has been everything. And I worship him because of who he is. He is God and he is good. Even when we're not, he's still faithful and he is good and who he is. So anyway, I could go on for days talking about him, but I love him because he's loved me first. Since eight years old, you're a believer. Into teenage years, into young adulthood. Have you ever had a time, Nicole, maybe even maybe in your night season, that you questions your faith or even the existence of God? 
I questioned my faith. I didn't question God. No, you know, I think I may have questioned his goodness or his fairness. Because, you know, when I went through the season of me being beat and drug out of bed by my heels and kicked in my ribs, I was like, God, but I served you, you know, from the time I was eight. And I did, you know, I went to catechism at 12 and I went to Bible school at 17 and I've sang for you and I wrote songs. And I thought that that was my insurance policy to say, okay, because I've done these things, nothing bad will ever happen in my life. But that's not reality because even the son of God suffered. And he did nothing wrong. And God allowed it to happen for our good. And he brought good out of it. And so he says in the Bible, in this world, you will have suffering. You will have trouble. But be of good cheer because he's already overcome for us. But the antithesis is still true. In this world, without him, you will still have trouble. But there is no cheer because you will not overcome. And so I've learned that either way, storms are going to come. But God is good. And even when we question who he is, he is still who he is because he's not who I say he is. He is who he says that he is. And that doesn't sway by an opinion poll or by my mood swing or if things are going my way. So have I? Yeah. But then I had to repent because he was still right. And I was the one that was wrong. Amen. Finally, as we wrap up, Nicole, what would you say to that person that is right on faith's edge? Mm-hmm. making that choice to believe or not to believe in God. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, you know, we all believe in something, and we all believe in a God. Everybody doesn't believe in the right God. But some people, they are their own God. But as being your own God, can you change yourself? Can you save yourself? Can you make yourself? Can you make another self? Can you make anything come from the messes and the mistakes that you've already made? No, because we're not powerful in ourselves. We're not all powerful. There's only one God who is able to do all of the above and then some. And he has proven who he is through the person of Jesus Christ. History screams that everything he has said is truth. There are evidences everywhere that validates the scriptures and who what he has already said. So that part is already moot. And he does change lives. He's the only one who can forgive sin, eradicate the guilt, destroy the destruction that has happened to us. He's the only one that can take the ashes and breathe new life. And I've seen it. He's done it. And, and it's been confirmed by witnesses and many more witnesses. And so um, for those who are sitting on the edge wondering, like, is this true? Is it not true? I have to ask you, what's keeping you from life? Is it you? Is it doubt? And has it served you well already? If it served you well, then consider. But if it has not, more than likely has not, then you need to consider the one who can give you life, the one who can give you peace. And his name is Jesus. And, and you have to know, too, he loves you. And he's not saying, clean yourself up, then come to me. He's like, no, come to me, and I will work on cleaning you up. Because none of us can clean ourselves up without him. If you're lonely, he's there for you. If you're broken, he is your biggest champion. If you've been ostracized or marginalized or abandoned, he's there for you. He loves the brokenhearted, and he says, come to me. All who are weary, if you're tired, he says, come, I'll give you rest. And so if you have a better offer, I know not of one. But just let me know. Let me let you, let me tell you, he is the best. And he is true to his word and he changes lives. And he is who he says that he is. Coming from somebody that has lived 
life mm-hmm. through seasons of daylight mm-hmm. and night seasons. Yep. I don't think we can say anything more than that. Yeah. Nicole C. Mullen, thank you so much. Thank you. The project is like never before. Like never before. <laughs> I can't wait to hear more. Thank you so much, Joe. God bless you. <laughs> you too, thanks. Nicole's Like Never Before is available at Amazon.com and her website is NicoleCMullen.com. I'll put her website, her music, and her social media links in the show notes at OnFaithSedge.com slash 102. That's OnFaithSedge.com slash 102. If you want to contact me, I'm most active at Twitter at at 4JoeTaylor. That's at 4JoeTaylor, F-O-R-J-O-E-T-A-Y-L-O-R. I love bringing you engaging conversations about faith. If this show entertains you, encourages you, informs you, or brings value to you or your life in any way whatsoever, will you consider financially backing the show? The best way to do that right now is to use any Amazon link at onfaithsedge.com. We'll get a modest commission from the purchase, but it doesn't cost you a penny more. Well, that'll wrap up today's show. Thank you so much to Nicole C. Mullen for being with us, and thank you for listening. You mean a lot to me. And you mean a lot to the show. Remember, God is real. He loves you. And so do I. God bless. Thank you for listening to On Faith's Edge. You can subscribe to the show via iTunes, Stitcher, Internet Radio, or your favorite podcast app on Android, Apple, or Windows devices. To reach out to Joe or leave comments about the show, visit onfaithsedge.com. You're important to us, and we would love to hear from you. 